we are. How are you? Good. How are Good. you? Good. Fine. Thank you. Hot weather here. Oh, my goodness. Do we say that every time? I think we, usually we give a weather update. Yeah. Just so people know. It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. It's it's unpleasantly hot. It is unpleasant. Now, granted, we don't have the humidity no. here in the valley. No. But it doesn't um, diminish the fact that it's just hot and miserable. Yeah. I'm kind of done with with heat me too like if we moved i would like to go somewhere where in the summertime it's like 75 oh that's hot oh yeah that would be so nice yeah just breeze seasons yeah seasons would be nice there's no uh -uh. we have no seasons here we pretend we do yeah we like to dress it up oh yes it's fall sure and people think you would think the dead of winter comes here yeah. When it rains or it's cold. Oh, oh, burr. Yeah. There's no, uh-uh. It's, no. it's, it's, uh, 38 degrees. Ah. Yeah. yeah. You know, whatever. People in the Midwest are like, okay, buddy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I know. It's not cold. I remember when Tanner went away to college and it would snow oh. and he'd have to go get, go get that car started to warm up. Yeah. You have no idea what cold is. <laughs> okay, whatever. Whatever. He said, I never want to live in the snow. Well, oh. all right. Well, you're not. You're back here, so God bless you. Have fun. Yeah. There you go. So, anyway. So, before we get started, we have, hopefully, an audio upgrade. Yes. Now, I knew that we had a little bit of an issue in the beginning with <laughs> with with the noises, with... It's a very sensitive microphone. And so whenever we rub the table, I don't know why we would rub the table. If yeah. we hit the table, it would make a big boom. And long story short, we got the microphone off the table. There we are. So hopefully this is a little bit better. Yes. Yep. But, I all know. right. So do, let's get started. Do you want to start us sure. off in prayer? Heavenly Father, please open my eyes to the truth of your word. I pray for wisdom as I prepare to we- read your word clarity for while I read and discernment as I apply your word to my heart. Let your word change my actions. I pray the truth I find here will transform my heart and my mind to follow follow more after you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Very nice. Thank you. Okay, so we are on we are almost done with Exodus. I know. I can't believe it. Very exciting. And yes. it's been such good stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so we are on Exodus chapters 30 through 34. And thank you for reminding me about chapter oh, 30. Yeah. Uh, so let's do a recap of chapters 21 through 29. Uh, so God had started going into detail how the Israelites were to live with Moses. He shared that with Moses. Um laws and social responsibilities and justice and and mercy these are all things that were brought up um, god gave moses directions on how to build the tabernacle and the ark of the covenant yes and he also explained how aaron and the levites were to serve as priests and now that's all i had there did you have anything no, you want to add that was excellent no that's great okay so we are going to move on to chapter 30 and God is still explaining to Moses what was going to be included in the tabernacle and directions on how it, everything was going to be carried out. 
Um, so there were five sections to chapter 30. The first one dealt with the incense altar. Yeah. Now, did you have notes for that part? No, I don't have anything on that. Okay. Um, so I had the tabernacle and temple. So we're going to learn about the temple later on. Yes. Contain two altars, one for burning sacrifices and one for burning incense. The incense altar was placed in front of the veil between the holy place and most holy place, which was the inner sanctuary. The incense altar was made of acacia wood and overlaid with gold. It was about 18 inches square and three feet high. The altar was used to burn incense before the veil. The burning incense symbolized the prayers of God's people ascending to God. The heavenly temple also has an incense altar. The next time you pray, think of your prayers as ascending to God like incense. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. I know. Like, you see how the smoke trailing up? Mm -hmm. That just, I loved that. Just, what a beautiful vision in front of that, you know, holy of holy place. I just love that. Yes. Now, uh, Exodus chapter 30, verse 10, once a year, Aaron must purify the altar by smearing its horns with blood from the offering made to purify the people from their sin. This will be a regular annual event from generation to generation, for this is the Lord's most holy altar. Now, did you have notes on that part? I did. Okay. I, um, just the one below, it says this once a year ceremony was called the Day of Atonement. On this day, a sacrifice was made for the sins of the entire Israelite nation. This was the only day the high priest could enter the most holy place, the innermost room of the tabernacle. Here he asked God to forgive the people, to forgive the people. The Day of Atonement served as a reminder that the daily, weekly, and monthly sacrifices could cover sins only temporarily. It pointed towards Jesus Christ, the perfect atonement, who would remove sins forever. Mm. It all always pointed towards that. Yes. Like in the Old Testament even, you know? Yes, it was all headed that way. Yeah. Mm. Um, my husband reminded me the other day we went on a ride and the mountains were just beautiful. It was, it was about early in the morning and he said, we were just talking, and he said, you know, it's easy to forget that God knew of everything before he even made all this. Yeah. Because he's the the beginning, the end, all at once. He's the, the, the everything. Mm -hmm. He's three-dimensional. We think one-dimensionally. Mm -hmm. And he knew of even COVID was going to happen at this time. Yeah. And, um, you know, people get worried, like some people fear what's going to happen tomorrow or they're going to go into an interview. And you have to remember, God has already walked into that room. Okay. Like if you're going to go have a surgery, I just feel like someone needs to hear this. Yeah. God has went into that room and taken care of everything. Mm. He's already been there. Yeah. So we don't have to worry. And just like this stuff, like we just read, you know, like he knew of everything that's going to happen here on earth. He's already went through it and taken care of it. And it, like, we can't comprehend no. that. It doesn't make sense to us. A human mind can't, can't think of that mm -hmm. because 
he is the the beginning and the end he's the past mm-hmm. but he's already went to the future mm-hmm. and you know i remember people saying oh our name is written written in the book and i was like what <laughs> like you know what i mean i'm like because as a kid you hear things and you're like oh what these people these older people what book are they talking about where's this book <laughs> I might as well go put, you know, and I, to me, that means they're a child of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's how I would think of it. And I, I was thinking of my husband, you know, cause he's had some trials in life and we all, we all do. Mm-hmm. And he's just like saying, you know, my trial right now, I, he already knew that mm-hmm. I'm getting, going to be getting over it right now. And. Mm-hmm. Um, I go, that's right, hon, and you're forgiven, and I don't know, it was just a neat moment. Yeah. Like, the glimpses of happiness in life, that was a glimpse of happiness. Oh, that's beautiful. I know, but it just, you know, I, you forget about those things, mm-hmm. the beginning and the end. He has. He's walked into every trial and good thing. Yeah. So, yeah, just sorry about that. I just, no, never be yeah, sorry. That I was, know. That was beautiful. Well, I just thought it kind of went there. You know, just came to my heart. So, oh. yeah, that's... And it, but you know, like you were talking about surgery and stuff. It's so, it is difficult because you do start to worry about so many things. You know, your family, your, you know, your kids, your wife, your husband. I mean, just... Your job, money, like everything yes. kind of comes flooding into you at once. It does. And so what you said, it's like, just God, God's been there already. Yeah. He knows. Or it's, it's no matter good. what happens. He's going to, it's going to be, it is what it is and it's mm-hmm. going to be okay. Yeah. Because that's the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything else? That's it. I had on that. Okay, yeah. so the second section of chapter 30 dealt with giving money for the tabernacle. Um, now, chapter 30, verses 11 and 12, Then the Lord said to Moses, Whenever you take a census of the people of Israel, each man who is counted must pay a ransom for himself to the Lord. Then no plague will strike the people as you count them. So the person had to be at least 20, and then the offering purified their lives and was to be used towards the care of the tabernacle. Yeah. Um, now, I had a little note on that. Oh, okay. Did you, did you no. even? Okay. This money was like a census tax. It continued the principle that all the people belonged to God and therefore needed to be redeemed by a sacrifice. Whenever a census took place, everyone, both rich and poor, was required to pay a ransom. God does not discriminate between people. All of us need mercy and forgiveness because of our sinful thoughts and actions. There is no way the rich person can buy off God and no way the poor person can avoid pain. God's demand is that all of us come humbly before him to be forgiven and brought into his family. Mm. And then the third part of chapter 30 spoke about the, the tabernacle's wash basin, how it was to be made, where it was to be placed. A little note on that? I don't have a note on that one. Okay. No, don't. Uh, this basin was filled with water that the priests used to wash their hands and feet before entering the holy place and before returning to serve at the altar. So I thought that, you know, that's really important because God's really showing this is to be, this is a place that's going to be respected. Yeah. You know, you're going to be clean, you know, coming in here. 
Exactly. Bully. I don't know. And you know, their feet were filthy. Well, like yeah. you think about it, the mud, the dirt, the desert. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember we did a thing where we washed each other's feet in youth group. Mm-hmm. And they said, listen, it wasn't nice feet like this. Mm-hmm. You know, it was corroded on. I, I just will never forget that. Oh. Like, so that, that was interesting. Um, and then in Solomon's Temple, which once again we'll learn about later on, a large laver called the Molten Sea was placed between the altar of burnt offerings in the courtyard and the entrance to the inner, inner sanctuary. This consisted of the large basin and the pedestal on which it sat. It was made of bronze or brass, melted and shaped from mirrors of highly polished metal given by the Israelite women. Many Bible scholars picture the wash basin as symbolizing the washing of the Holy Spirit that Christians receive at their new birth. Ask God to thoroughly cleanse you by means of his indwelling spirit. I wonder being if it, it was bronze, if it got like patinaed. Does you bronze think, does bronze normally get patina? Well, copper does. Is copper and bronze the same thing? I'm really ignorant when it comes to that. I don't know. I know. I I don't know. I'm sure they're not. Because why would they be called copper and bronze? I'm kind of ignorant too. <laughs> so, I just was thinking about that. Like, did it get that blue? Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just curious. I don't know. Anyway. I think it must have been beautiful. Oh, I'm sure. Everything in there. Yeah. Um, So the fourth part of chapter 30 speaks about the anointing oil, how it was to be made. Um, The final part of the chapter talks about incense, and it was to be ground into a very fine powder and put in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Did you have anything for that part? Um, Yes, I did. Um, I know that God gave the recipe for this incense. The sweet-smelling incense was burned in shallow dishes called incense burners and was used to show honor and reverence to God. It was like a prayer lifting up to God. It was also a vital part of the sacred ceremony on the Day of Atonement when the high priest carried his smoking censer into the most holy place. The incense, like the sacred anointing oil, was so holy that the people were strictly forbidden to copy it for personal use. Wow. It's kind of neat because, I, w- I don't know, did they say a prayer and then light it? I don't know. Yeah. I I looked up a picture of the censer. Yeah. And it's, because I was wondering if it was similar, because uh, at the Armenian church, I've you know, like I've been there so many yeah. times, but I have been there. Um, you know, the, the priest go, he, yeah. he'll go up and down the aisle and he has the thing yeah. that goes back and forth yeah. and all the smoke comes up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's what it's it is. what it is? Yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness. That's so neat. And so probably when he swings it, the burner gets stronger. Yeah. Cause what the air's see? hitting Cause it. the air's yeah. hitting it. Yeah. That's so interesting. Wow. And now it means so much more because... Oh. Not knowing much, I would sit there exactly. and I'd be like, "Well, yeah, that's real. I mean, it's neat. I don't, I don't know what's going on." But plus, they're speaking in Armenian, so right. I'm like, "I don't know what's going on." Do you know any Armenian? I know a little bit. But, I can understand some of it, okay. but I only know a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. That's so interesting. So yeah. that's all I had for chapter thirty. Me too. You too. Yeah. Okay. So let's go on chapter thirty-one. Uh, the Lord had told Moses he specifically chose Bezalel, making him a master craftsman, and Aholiab as his assistant. Yeah. 
The Lord gave all the craftsmen special skills so they could construct the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, etc. And that's kind of like what we've been saying for a yeah. while now. Everyone gets their own special talents and yes. skills. Um, did I have a little note for that. Did you have I one? I don't have one. Okay. God regards all the skills of his people, not merely those with theological or ministerial abilities. Our tendency is to regard only those who are up front and in leadership roles. God gave Bezalel and Aholiab spirit-filled abilities in artistic craftsmanship. Take notice of all the abilities God gives his people. Don't diminish your skills if they are not like the Moses and Aaron's. Amen to that. Amen. And like you and I talked, if we traced ourselves back, I wonder if we're in a certain, you know, like my my grandmother and mother, they were cooks, and I loved oh, to cook. Remember we talked yes, about that. Yes. We wondered if that was. Uh, and then the remainder of chapter 31 talks about the instructions for the Sabbath. So if we think back, the, the Sabbath, Sabbath starts sundown Friday. And then goes sundown Saturday. Right. That was the Sabbath. And then Saturday was the seventh day of the week. Sunday was the first day of the week. Right. Okay. And then Exodus chapter 31 verse 13. Tell the people of Israel, be careful to keep my Sabbath day. For the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation. It is given so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Did you have a note for that part? Not that part. No, I don't. Okay. The Sabbath had two purposes. It was a time to rest and a time to remember what God had done. We need rest. Without time off from the bustle, life loses its meaning. In our day, as in Moses' day, taking time off is not easy. But God reminds us that without Sabbaths, we will forget the purpose for all of our activity and lose the balance crucial to a faithful life. Make sure your Sabbath provides a time of both refreshment and remembrance of God. This is just, Mm. this is amazing, this next part. You know, in chapter 30, verse 18, when the Lord finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant written by the finger of God. I love that. Ugh. I'm not sure people know it was written by the finger of God. No? I don't uh-uh. think people realize that. You know. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. I know it. It's just wonderful. But just just think about that. My I goodness. I know. Um, did you have little notes on that part? I just have um, God's laws in Israel were unique because they alleviated the harsh judgments typical of the day. They were egalitarian the poor and the powerful received the same punishment that's what that meant Mm -hmm. and they did not separate religious and social law all law rested on god's authority Mm. i just thought that was good uh now that's all i had for chapter 31 yeah me too now here comes one of our favorite chapters in exodus ah (laughs) We can't get over it. I so mean, we're going to go a little slow because there's there really is a lot going on in this chapter. Yeah. Okay, so verse 1. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. I love how they just dismiss 
Hey, this Moses fellow. I know, like, who is he? Oh, he's only been with us for how long? <laughs> he helped us get out of Egypt. Yeah, I mean, he's done so little. Yeah, this guy. But Aaron, <sighs> he folded like a card table. I mean, so quick. They didn't say in the Bible anywhere, Aaron tried to talk to the people and say, hey, Israelite friends. folks, friends, we should wait. I know it's been a long time. I know. But immediately he's like, oh, just give me your gold rings. We'll, we'll melt them down. We'll, we'll mold them into the, the shape of a calf. And we'll start, we'll start worshiping the, the, the calf. Instantly. Instantly. I know it. How does that happen? Oh. And think about that. Like, think about that dichotomy. You have Moses and God. <laughs> On top of Mount Sinai, and God is writing with His fingers onto the onto the stones, the Ten Commandments, the Holy Ten Commandments, right down below. These folks are like, we can't wait. No, so we're gonna party it up, and we're gonna make a gold calf party party. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Oh my gosh. But, you know, this em- this really emphasizes how far the Israelites still needed to go. I mean, like... They, they weren't ready to, no. to follow God. They were like... It's like when the the parents are away, the yeah. mice will play. Like, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, they were gone. I mean, give us a break. And Aaron, he, his clan was made to be the priests. Yes! What, someone's going to come in there one day and say, oh, I brought this gold elephant. Let's start. Okay, come on, bring them all in. You're right. The gold elephant it is. Yeah, here we go. Let's let's start going with him. Goodness. Like that. Yes. In, in my notes, it says, Aaron made a good team with Moses. He oh. provided Moses with one skill Moses lacked, effective public speaking. But while Aaron was necessary to Moses, he needed Moses as well. Without a guide, Aaron had little direction of his own. That's the truth. Oh. He, he didn't know what to do, what to come. Yes. That, you know what? What a wonderful thing. Yes. Yeah. If he didn't have Moses to say point the direction or what, he's a lost lamb. Yeah. And, and Aaron was needed. To speak for Moses because right. he was so uncomfortable. Remember, even in the beginning, like, please don't send me, God. I don't. What am I gonna say? Yeah. He goes, I'll give you the words, but then this hoo-ha. He, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe it. This hoo-ha. That quick. Yes. It's crazy. It was like a brothel down there. It was like they were. I mean, it's stuff God would not approve of. No. And you know God looked down there and said, here it comes. Because he, he, he knew it was going to happen. He goes, there it all starts. You think God just looked at, he peeked over? He like looked out of the cloud and was like, oh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. This yeah. is, oh. Moses is going to be real peeled. <laughs> I, don't, I don't approve of this at all. <laughs> here it begins. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> Did you want to read any more notes? Is that one through what? Uh, 
I don't know. Whatever you got. I have, um, God cannot work in us when we alleviate anyone or anything above him. Ooh. Oh, elevate. Oh, not alleviate. <laughs> Sorry. God, <laughs> God cannot work in us when we elevate anyone or anything above him. What false gods in your life are you prevent are preventing you, the true God, from living in you? Are 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 preventing the true God from living in you? Okay, I'm sure all of us have some of that. Oh, I mean that, you know, absolutely. Or maybe not every day, but I'm sure you know there's some at some times. Because false gods can represent. Oh. So, and you know what? I think in the last, let's see, it's 2020. I would say in the last 10 years, you know, bef before I think it was, it was always like money, like the money and the power. Yeah. And of course that's still up there. That's still probably yeah. number one. But I think what's coming up right behind it now is like social recognition. Absolutely. That's such a big thing for, yeah, yeah. you know, like, always look at me, look at me. They 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 need attention or like clickbait stuff online. Everything's all online to look at me now. Yeah. It's it's sad mm -hmm. that, you know, um, I'll just at our church. One thing they really do, and I've noticed it in my daughter. Oh. I've seen it in my sons a little, but now that I have a daughter, I recognize it. One thing that they really teach them is to find their self-worth in God. Mm. And I see it in my daughter. Okay. Like, she doesn't dress in a provocative way. I mean, she is a typical teenager. Don't get me wrong. Sass and all that. But, <laughs> you know, she'll be she's really not trying to find her who she is in a boy mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yeah and, yeah and I think I had some of that mm. when I was growing up I do I really think or in something in clothes you know what I'm saying sure you're searching for yeah it, you're yeah. searching for it and and they they really teach them listen it's in God and this and that and I don't know it's nothing I've done but it's easy to find your self-worth in anything. Sure. Your business, your job, your whatever. Yes. But you're right. It is this social stuff. Yeah. A lot of people will do poor things to get that recognition because that's all they know. And I'm not judging. This isn't no. a judging thing. No. It's just they're, they're lost. You know, they haven't found their path yet, you know? Yeah. So... And they'll even do it in, like, a, a religious thing. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really not the right... I mean, really, you can do that, too. Yes. Unfortunately, yes. But, um, we, we, well, I don't know if you've watched it, but I watched that documentary on Netflix, and it's like, that's that's the most horrible... That's the most despicable thing. I really... No kidding. I just... Yep. I Yeah, you're so right. Trying to find that glory through religion right it's like that do it for the right reasons yeah. you know not you don't it's not you're not supposed to get into it for your own personal glory it has mm -hmm. nothing to do with you right exactly if you're just spreading the word yeah 
you're not you don't want nothing out of it right not a mm -mm. but you see and that's that's what's very frustrating is um you know you see some faces some popular faces in the religious world and what is their motive yeah what really is their motive and for people maybe and i lord knows i'm not the smartest cookie but if you really don't know like anything about religion or, or anything, it's like it would be very easy to just get hooked on to something you where yeah. it may not be the right doctrine yes, that, or the you. real doctrine. Thank you. And, and you have to be real careful about that because the devil's doctrine is so close to the real one. Mm. Even he, God says that. You have to really do, you know, and you and I do this and we're not, we're not by no means uh, scholars on the Bible, but mm -hmm. what we do know is that God will, you'll hear what God wants you to hear. Yes. We've said that to each other every time, and we know that this was put on your heart to do this. And that's the thing that, you know, that we pray that, and that's what just is, has, it's, it worries me week after week. But in a good way. Yes. In a good way. Because the last thing we want to do is provide false information. Yes. So we so we're just we're by we're biblical. straight out we're biblical folk. Yeah. We're not straying away. No, we never do. Never. Just biblical. That's it. I don't know how we got on that. Well we did. But we must have needed to say it. Yeah. With that Aaron. Oh that that's how we oh, got to it. Aaron. Boy. Oh my gosh. Chapter 32, verses 7 through 10. The Lord told Moses, Quick, go down the mountain. You, Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. He's just, he's mad. Oh. He's mad. They have melted down gold and made a calf, and they have bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, These are your gods, O Israel. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them, and I will destroy them. Then I will make you, Moses, into a great nation. Now, the next part I wanted to get your opinion on. Okay. Because it's so interesting. Because God's like, God was ready. Yeah. To take them out, yeah. he didn't. He wasn't appreciative of this at all. This no. behavior, and but Moses stepped in, yeah. And he's like, "No, Lord, just remember, you know what was said to, to um, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and it was you know the descendants and all that." Yeah. And God changed. I mean, He changed His mind. Yeah. I, I mean, how does how does that work? Did God know what was going to happen there? I when I read this every time I read it I think was he was he testing Moses? I don't know. That's what I always think I think because God knows all I think was he seeing where Moses's heart was was he wanting just to see that you know what I mean? Did he care for the Israelites enough to keep this, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And is he going to go down there and do the right thing? You know? Yeah. And that's how I look at it. Okay. Be that's really how I do. Because, I mean, in a snap of a finger. Oh. 
it could have all been taken care of. But I, I tend to agree with you. I think it almost was a test for, for Moses. Yeah. Well, okay, what's his reaction going to be? Yeah, that's what I think. I, if, if I was to be asked that, that's what I would say. I would, my, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, did you have notes for this part? This is 32. So yeah, 7 through 10. Um, I don't. No, I don't have anything on that. Okay. Yeah. It said here, God was ready to destroy the whole nation because of their sin, but Moses pleaded for mercy, and God spared them. This is one of the countless examples in the Bible of God's mercy. Although we deserve, deserve his anger, he is willing to forgive and restore us to himself. We can receive God's forgiveness from sin by asking him. Like Moses, we can pray that he will forgive others and use us to bring them the message of his mercy. Now, this section here the, in our notes was, like, I really thought about this part. Okay, how could God relent? God did not change his mind in the same way that a parent decides not to discipline a child. Instead, God changed his behavior to remain consistent with his nature. And here's the part. When God first wanted to destroy the people, he was acting cons consistently with his justice. When Moses interceded for the people, God relented in order to act consistently with his mercy. mercy. Which I don't, like, I thought about that. I'm like, so God remained the same. It was just yeah. kind of two different yeah. ways to look at it. Because he gives his humans mercy. Mm -hmm. But then with nature, I know it's so hard. You have to really get that in your head don't you yeah that's why i highlighted it because it was it was those two sentences like i had to like really read over yeah, and over yeah so he's both of those things yeah. well, i mean he's like he's a million different yeah. things but he's just in his actions he's just but then when 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 moses asked him to show mercy he did mm-hmm so I guess if we if it was us and we sinned, he would be just, but if and we would go to hell if we didn't ask. But if we asked for forgiveness, he's merciful and saves us. Yeah, that yeah. could be the same way. Yeah. So uh, chapter thirty-two, verses fifteen and sixteen. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain. Oh, oh here we are. Yep. He held in his hands the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. These tablets were God's work. The words on them were written by God himself. Goodness. I mean, I would be stomping. <laughs> would you? I'd be, I'm going to leave these here for a minute. God, and, I'll be right back. Yeah, I'm going to leave these here and those heifers can come back and get them. <laughs> Because I'm so mad, I'm going to hit somebody down there. What is going oh, on down there? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So. <laughs> uh, Moses came down the mountain, saw that the Israelites were just having a Saturday night party. It I'm was no just kidding. a party up down there. He got so mad, throws the tablets down, breaking them. Yeah. I can't imagine. He's, I've been up there 40 days oh. and 40 nights. What is going on down here? Literally 40 days. Yeah. It's not like he's gone 40 years. Yeah. Yes. 
maybe that's also why they included how long he was gone. Because like, like you just said, he wasn't gone 400 years. He was gone 40 years. It was 40 days. They've been through worse. Mm-hmm. And it even says on here, Aaron, what did these people do to you to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? Mm-hmm. Well, they came in here and asked if they could. <laughs> That's it. He can't say like, they put me in a torture thing and started burning me. and No, uh-uh. No. They did none of that. No. He can't say that. He he had a jellyfish spine. I There it is. He said, don't get upset, Lord. <laughs> My Lord, you, you yourself know how evil these people are. Oh, no, no. He was just as bad. Yes. So, so Moses, like you said, he oh. talks to Aaron. You know Moses is like, I don't even want to hear this anymore. I mean, come I'm on. Done. I'm done with this. So he goes, burns the calf. And Moses came down gray-haired. Let's not no, forget no, no, that. No, no, oh, no, not trip. this one. Not this trip. Next trip. Oh, that's trip. right. Next trip. Oh. Burns the calf, grounds it up, puts it in the water, <laughs> and made the people drink it. Yeah. Well, you you want you like this so much? Here you go. Here it is. Yeah, it says, Today you have ordained yourselves for the service of the Lord, for you obeyed him, even though it meant killing your own sons and brothers. Mm. But trouble's coming now. Oh, yeah. Now, did you have a note on that part? Let's see. Well, I have overwhelmed by the actual sight of the blatant idolatry and revelry, Moses broke the tablets containing the commandments which had already been broken in the hearts and actions of the people. There is a place for righteous anger, however angry Moses might have been. However angry, however angry Moses might have been, God was angrier still. He wanted to kill all the people. Anger at sin is a sign of spiritual vitality. Don't squelch this kind of anger anger but when you're justifiably angry at sin be careful not to do anything that you will regret later mm. so now yeah moses he's like i think he you know he, he's looking at all the people and he's like listen everyone who is with me who who is not taking part in all this believes in god come on this side yeah and it said that the the, the levites did yeah. The Levites joined him. Yeah. Now, why didn't the Levites do anything to stop these people? I, they probably couldn't. I guess. <sighs> Chapter 32, verses 27 and 28. It gets grisly now. Yeah. Moses told them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Each of you take your swords and go back and forth from one end of the camp to the other. Kill everyone. Yeah. Even your brothers, friends, and neighbors. The Levites obeyed Moses' command, and about 3,000 people died that day. Yeah. I mean, honestly. He wasn't joking around. No, and I don't blame him. It was terrible. Yeah. And the Levites lived, though. Yeah. Yeah, they stayed with him. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'd have been so angry. (laughs) I'm so glad he made him drink that. (laughs) That must have... that's not poisonous or anything? Well, you, I bet it was. Oh, okay. Wouldn't you think? I would think it would be, but... Probably, I can only imagine it was. So now Moses goes 
back up Mount Sinai. Okay, yes. To ask the Lord for forgiveness for the Israelites. And to have his name removed from God's records if he wasn't going to forgive the Israelites. Oh. Uh, but but here's, the, here's the merciful God. He erased everyone's name from those who sinned yeah. against him. Yeah. Merciful. There it is. I mean, he did send a plague. Yeah, but... but yeah. yeah. Now, did you have anything else for chapter 32? No, I don't have anything for 32. Let me be sure. No. Okay. Uh, chapter 33, verse 3. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. So God's... He's de- even had it. Yeah, he's he's done. He's done. <laughs> Uh, so Moses passed on God's message to the Israelites and they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and their fine clothes. And then we also learned about the tent of meeting where folks could make a request of the Lord. This was neat. In verses 9 through 11, as he went into the tents, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Yeah. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterwards, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Now, Amy, explain to me. It says here that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face, but it's not literally... God's face. So what is he looking at? I think he's, I don't, there's no way it was face to face. Right. I think his voice just came from that direction. It just emanated. Yeah. Okay. Um, the only thing I can say is like when Karsten was born and I said, the Lord spoke to me, Mm -hmm. it was like a speaking to my Holy, the Holy Spirit, like the speaking felt like it was here. Mm -hmm. And so I'm one, the only thing I can go by is that when they say God spoke to me in here, mm-hmm. is that what they felt? So now they're okay. saying a face-to-face like it came that way? Okay. I don't know, Robin. That makes sense. Because they're always saying God spoke to me in the in here. Mm-hmm. But see, they didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. Yeah. So I don't know if it was like like behind or in the ear. Because mm-hmm. remember, some of them, they say it was in the ear. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So maybe they're they're defining that it came this way. Okay, just from the front. Yeah. Okay. That's the only thing I can think. Let's that see. makes sense. Because it doesn't give us anything, but that's what I think. Okay. But I don't know. Okay. Um, did you have notes for that part? Um, I had for 3311... God and Moses talked face-to-face in the tent meeting just as friends. Why did Moses find such favor with God? It certainly was not because he was perfect, gifted, or powerful. Rather, it was because God chose Moses, and Moses, in return, relied wholeheartedly on God's wisdom and direction. Friendship with God was a true privilege for Moses, out of reach for the other Hebrews, but It is not out of reach for us today. Jesus called his disciples, and by extension, all of his followers, his friends, and his friends. He he has called you to be his friend. Will you accept his invitation to openly communicate with him? He desires this kind of relationship with you. Mm. 
that's it. That's all I got. Well, that was good. Yes. Okay, so chapter 33. Mm-hmm. This part's beautiful. Uh, verses 19 through 23. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, Look, stand near me on this rock as my glorious presence passes by. I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. I just love that. It's beautiful. I love just trying to, you know, paint a picture. I know. Yeah. I And, you know, I wonder if, if we... I'm not a good artist, or I'd try to paint it, but I wonder if all of our pictures would look the same. Oh. Like, what would they all look like? Yeah. You know what I mean? What would we all... How we visualize it. Yeah. Um, that was it for chapter 33. Did you have more notes? I did. Okay. Um, I had Moses wanted to see God's glory. He wanted assurance of God's presence with him. Aaron and Joshua, with him, Aaron and Joshua. And he desired to know that presence exper- experientially because we are finite and morally imperfect. We cannot see God as he is and live. I can't read today. We cannot see God as he is and live. Live, 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 live. We cannot comprehend God as he really is apart from Jesus Christ. Jesus promised to show himself to those who love him. Like he probably felt such love. Mm-hmm. Like the presence and the warmth and yeah. As far as you know, was that the only person that experienced God like that? No, because when they were on the mount, I can't remember what mountain. There was three of them. There's another thing where three see see his presence. Okay. I believe. Okay. But I might be wrong. But I think it's some sort of presence or entity of him. Okay. But nothing like this. Mm. Where they, they are scared. You know, everything turns gray and the glow. Yes. Yes. Now, that's what's coming up in chapter 34. Oh, okay. No, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful just thinking that was the, the result of seeing something so glorious. Can you imagine? No, I can't. I really can't. Um, chapter 34. So, the Lord told Moses, uh, Exodus 34 Verses 5 through 7. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Mm-hmm. Which we've, I think we've, we've brought that up before, but I think it's so important that if you've got something going on in your life, make it right with God. Yes. Get it cleared up. 
Forget it. Don't let it. Don't pass garbage on. No. Uh Uh-uh. You and I have both had that. Yes. And we've cut the cords. Yes. Amen. And and our children are, it's done. Yeah. It'll die with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you have notes for that section? I do. Okay. Um, Do not accept anyone's argument that the God of the Old Testament is merely vengeful. Instead, remember that God is slow to anger and his love cannot be diminished. Mm. Then why, why would sins affect children and grandchildren? This is no arbitrary punishment. Children still suffer for the sins of their parents. Consider child abuse or alcoholism, for example. While these sins are obvious, sins like selfishness and greed can be passed along as well. The dire consequences of sin are not limited to the individual family member. Be careful not to treat sin casually, but repent and turn from it. Your sin may cause little pain now, but it could sting you in a most tender area of your life later, in the lives of your children and grandchildren. That's right. You know, I mean, I think some people don't think those are sins, but they are, or, or you don't on a daily basis think that you know sure so uh the lord he confirmed his covenant with the israelites and listed about eight things that they needed to do and in the notes it said god told the israelites not to join in religious rites with the sinful people around them but to give their absolute loyalty and exclusive devotion to him so now he's starting to kind of prepare them for the next leg of the journey Pagan worship simply cannot be mixed with the worship of the holy God. As Jesus pointed out, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. That was from Luke 13. Love of money is the God of this age, and many Christians attempt to make a treaty with this enslaving God. Are you trying to worship two gods at once? Where is your first allegiance? And then Moses, so the second time, Moses was on Mount Sinai, 40 days, 40 nights, and he had no food or water. So God just provided for him. For the whole thing, yes. Yep. And and so they had the new Ten Commandments. You know, he wrote it with 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 his finger. So in Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 and 30, when Moses came down Mount Sinai carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, He wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. That's just so beautiful. Now, it said that he, I didn't remember this when we read it last, but that he wore a veil after that. I did not know that. Yeah. He wore a veil, and unless he was in the, the what's it called, the tent of meeting? The tent of meeting. He, he raised it up. Wow. But then when he was back outside, he put the veil back down. Wow. Yeah. And then, did you have any notes for that no, section? No, I, I don't. The last note I had was Moses' face was radiant after he spent time with God. The people could clearly see God's presence in him. How often do you spend time alone with God? Although your face may not light up a room, time spent in prayer, reading the Bible... And meditating should have such an effect on your life that people will know you have been with God. Mm. I think you can tell. You can tell something's different. Yeah. I think people will have a lighter... 
demeanor. Mm-hmm. For sure. You can tell. Yeah. There's just something about him. Yeah. That's all I had. Me too. That's it. That was it. Such a good one. They're all good. Yeah, they are, but just thinking about everything that went on in these chapters. I know. That Aaron. Oh. <laughs> He's like a a younger brother naughty. I don't even see that. I don't like I don't know see him being like rambunctious. I just see him being just spineless. Yeah, like just oh okay. Well, yeah, I guess just, that sounds good. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Okay. Like they just walked right in and said, this is what we're going to do. Okay. Yeah, like you could take advantage of him very yeah. easily. Whereas Moses kind of had that backbone. He may not have had the voice, but he had the backbone. backbone. Yeah. He even said, what did they do to you? <laughs> like they ha- must have. Or is he even alive? Yeah. Is Aaron alive? Yeah. Where surely, did you bury him? Surely he can't yeah, be alive. Exactly. There's no way he's alive. My brother would not allow this to happen. Yeah. Right there he is. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there we go. <laughs> All right. Let's give out some information, and I'm not going to look at you this time. All right. Facebook.com slash MyBasicBibleStudy. Uh, our email is BasicBibleStudy19, the number 19, at gmail.com. And then our website is MyBasicBibleStudy.com, and you can find all the links there. Amy next time okay we are finishing up exodus i can't believe it we are going to be reading or going over chapters 35 through 40 and that wraps up exodus it'll be great yes it will well that's wonderful do you have anything else no just to be safe and blessed yes and i know the kids are starting to go well start school they're not going back to school but they're going to be starting. Yeah, however it, they are. Yeah, and it's going to be okay. Yeah, it's going to be fine. It is what it is. It's going to be a change for all of us for a little bit. Yeah, but we'll make it. We are. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Have a blessed week. Yes.